Welcome back to a Real Books Talk podcast. This is Michael Plus, joined by Mark Ramirez. And Mark, I mean, if it's not about the Bucks talk, it's about the music, and we get the music going here <laughs> because that was a great song. Uh, but Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's almost Friday. I know everyone's happy about that. Um, looking forward to the weekend, even though I work it. But still, it's Super Bowl weekend, so yeah. everyone's excited about some more football finally being on TV. Competitive football. Yeah, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, and unfortunately, it's the last, the last football Sunday for us, but uh, it gets us closer to what we love, and that's our favorite team, the Buccaneers. And um, talking with them, or talking about them, I should say, and getting into. We hope we're talking with them. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Every know. fan's dream. Yeah, it's the dream. But uh, yeah, talking with them, and then. Um, you know, just talking about free agency in the draft and getting ready for combines. And so it's exciting stuff. But we got a big show tonight. We're going to have a special guest on. That's Corey Draper from The Play Reaction. Very excited to have him on. He has done very well, um, you know, with his YouTube channel. Uh, does great stuff with his content, videos, breaking it down, um, getting everything Bucks related. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome to... Uh, to see what he does and then he just the way he breaks it down but he does it differently makes it fun uh adds some humor in there and really does a great job so Corey, uh welcome to the show and, and it's awesome to have you on hey thanks for having me on yeah so Corey, thank you for coming over but as we do over here at real buck stock we like to get to know the person before we start diving into the real bucks talk <laughs> right <laughs> cheesy shit but so nice let us know, let Mike and I know, let fans of the show, who are you? Not just who is the play reaction, but who are you on an everyday? Like, what do you do? What do you like to do? Just spill it out. Man, that's a, that's a deep question to start hey. out with. Who am I? Man, Hell I don't, yeah. do I even know who I am? <laughs> I hope, uh, besides the glorious beard. <laughs> oh, thanks for that. that. That's all I am, is that beard. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I actually, I was listening to an episode you had with James from Mr. Bucks Nation on there. He made the comment on how, like, nobody ever asks these questions, like the personal questions. Um, and when I was listening to that, I was like, yeah, man, he's right. Nobody ever asks me for, like, you know, who am I? And then I was like, wait a second. I don't ask people that either. So, <laughs> well, I mean, it's not about uh, being selfish. You got yeah, to know who you're talking like, to kind of thing. It's uh, kind of keeping me humble for a second. It's like, man, when I have people on for live streams and stuff, I need to ask them, like, Hey, who are you? Who are you? Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah. Um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Actually, it's kind of the outskirts of Atlanta. Um, and I am, I don't know, what am I supposed to say? I'm 33 years old, uh, married, no kids, living with my in-laws. Um, hell. So that's fun. Is it yeah, hell or well, no? No, it's actually great. They have a, okay, a lot of space in there. They're really nice people. I'm actually pretty nice. It's actually a fun story. We're, we put an offer on a house. It got accepted. We were two weeks from closing. And just last weekend, we found out that it was falling through. So that's good. No. Time. Yeah. So we, were, we thought we were that. out of here. And it's, uh, no, we're here for longer. So anyway, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so uh, you probably would ask, how did I become a Bucks fan if I'm living in Atlanta? Um, my wife is a huge Falcons fan. My dad is a big Falcons fan. How the heck did I end up a Bucks fan? Um, I lived in St. Petersburg from first grade to eighth grade, which uh, was, you know, basically the 90s. And 
during that whole time, you know, when Dungey came in and they changed the uniforms, that was right around the time I started taking an interest in football. So it lined up quite perfectly. I hopped on the bandwagon, as young kids do, and uh, was able to jump on right before things got really good. Yeah, and the right time. Yeah, and uh, definitely got spoiled, and it's been misery since uh, 2008. I was at that game. I was at that game, that Raiders game, when Jamarcus Russell made fools of us all. Made us lose our fourth straight game, and Gruden was fired after that. So, um, yeah. So, while I jumped on the bandwagon, I held on for dear life, and I haven't let go yet. So, I guess that's something. Hell yeah! And you have a show dedicated to it too. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Before we talk more about that, I know what the stresses is of looking for a house. Like I just got one. This is our seventh month here, and it was high stresses. Yeah, I was living with my yeah. my family. And she was in – it's just – it's hard living under someone else's house. But I, it looks like you're in a lucky situation. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – it has its difficulties. But, you know, we count our blessings in that, you know, we've been – because of this, we've been able to save up for a house without having to pay rent. So, right. Um, I mean, you can't help but be grateful for that. And, yeah, so it does make it easier when you actually like the people you're living with too. So Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, um, other than that, any – any other hobbies besides football? Uh, yeah, man, I have too many. Um, too I, many? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. So I am. Let's see. So I'm. I'm really big into improv comedy. Um, I've done improv on and off for like the last ten years. I got started. I went to the University of Florida. Go Gators. Nice. Go Gators. Um, yeah, go Gators. And they have. A, at, at UF, they have what was at the time the largest collegiate improv troupe in the country called Theater Strike Force. And um, I jumped in with them and fell in love with improv and have been trying to find ways to get back into it whenever I leave it. And I am currently a part of a troupe that's starting up where we will be kind of touring Atlanta. So wow. pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's awesome. And, uh, yeah, and it's actually, it's really rare to get paid doing improv, and when you do, it's really not a, not a whole lot, which this will be the case. But to be able to get paid to do a hobby like that, I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then, I mean, I said I have a lot of hobbies. I have a lot of things I like to do. Um, like my wife and I, since we have no kids, we do stupid, nerdy things uh, like Explain. watch all the Marvel movies, listen to Harry Potter books, play board games. Um, we like hanging out together, cool. and uh, that's, that's what it's supposed to be like, right? It's marriage. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, I have this whole hobby thing of a YouTube channel, <laughs> which um, definitely consumes a lot of time in and of itself. Oh yeah, the editing and everything you're going into. Yeah, yeah. You're and you make it look very, very nice. I'll say that. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's fun to do. I I by trade. Um, I was a video editor for uh, about six to eight years and then became a video producer, uh, and now I work in digital media. So it's just kind of fit nicely. I thought, you know, there's a lot of what's really great about – and it's crazy how it's exploded. The, the fan content for, for Tampa Bay Bucks mm-hmm. has just – there's so much out there. And I'm, I'm like, yeah, bring all of it. And it's crazy how it's happened because the team hasn't gotten any better. But we have such a passionate core fan base that it didn't matter. And 
uh, all of us, you know, fans who are creative in our own right, come up with our own thing. I just think it's awesome. So um, support all the Bucks things you can. That's what I tell everybody. Because, you know, it's once things get good, man, it's going to be a fun time around here. Yeah, absolutely, Corey. And talk talk a little bit more about your channel. Um, you know, how did that how did that come to be? And and now, you know, where do you want to take it, like goal wise, or do you have anything else you, you're trying to add to it? Yeah, it's um, you know it started as a general NFL channel, um, and actually, I'll tell you how I got the idea for it. I so I, in that improv troupe I was at at, at UF. I had some friends who had uh, from that troupe who moved out to LA to kind of become writers and you know get in the entertainment industry, and have since um, taken over a YouTube channel called New Rock Stars, where they um, break down movie trailers and like movies, but it's usually like nerd movies, like comic books, you know, Marvel, DC, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and they have over a million subscribers, and it's wow. their full time job. They. Uh, they live in L.A., and that's their full-time job. So, like, you know, if you can hit it well, you can, you know, bring in. But that actually wasn't the reason I started my YouTube channel. It was just I was kind of inspired by their style. If you ever – I recommend looking them up if you're into that kind of stuff at all. If you're into, you know, the Marvel movies or whatever, they do a great job. What was um, it again? The, the name of it? New, the New Rock Stars. Okay. And they, their editing style is kind of what I modeled mine after, where it's like they're in front of a green screen, and it's quick cutting, and they zoom in pictures and all this stuff to try to keep it quippy and, and, and to the point. And um, I was inspired by those guys. I got a lot of advice from them and started as a general NFL channel. And it was a lot of fun, but when you're starting a YouTube channel, it takes a long time to actually grow. So... It was fun, but I wasn't really – there were no eyeballs on it. And my issue was is that the stuff that I was doing was kind of intro to NFL stuff, trying to bridge the gap between the casual fan and then, like, the hardcore fan. So I couldn't really promote it to hardcore fans because they already knew the stuff I was talking about. And I couldn't promote it to the casual fan because they didn't care. They didn't know they needed this content. So <laughs> They didn't know they needed it. I was it. like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they didn't know. It's like one of those things where I'm trying to convince people to be an NFL fan because I, I love the NFL so much. And it's like they don't, they don't know that, they, that they're missing out, so they wouldn't be searching for it, I guess is what I mean there. Um, and so I was like, you know what? I, if I'm going to spend this much time, I want to do it on something that I really love. And, you know, it kind of comes second, you know, second nature to me because I'm already following, following the Bucks, more, like, closer than any other team. So I, just, I thought it was a natural transition. I did a couple of breakdown videos of the Hard Knocks episodes and got a lot of response from that. So it's like, all right, let's just do full Bucks and see how it goes. So, and that's been awesome. And the channel has, has grown a lot since then. And obviously with the help of, I mean, James is the wizard, Mr. Bucks Nation. He's grown his channel from scratch, straight, you know, straight from the ground. And um, I'm always admiring the amount of subscribers he's been able to garner and the support he's been able to get. So I've, he was nice enough to let me on his channel and promote mine a little bit, and it's grown from there. Heck yeah, yeah, we yeah. just had him in, right? Yeah, last awesome. week. Yeah, he's an awesome guy, and uh, yeah, both of you guys do great stuff on there, um, and just. Yeah, I say keep it up, man. It's uh, it's really fun to watch um, your channel and then and then his channel, and it's you know just kind of it's a little different, but then it just it brings everything to to the spotlight, and it's uh, it's refreshing. Yeah, well, thanks, man. That that means a lot. Yeah. Also, just the fact that you're talking about this, the new rock stars show, and what's funny, the reason why we got into podcasts is I have a work friend that 
started a podcast, and it's funny that you say it's on movie reviews. Literally, his mm-hmm. show was he wanted to start was movie reviews, like literally any movie, mm-hmm. any show, any anything. And he started talking. He brought us on his podcast just to talk. Like, I guess it was the beginning of football season. And he's like, oh, just come talk football. Who cares? You guys talk all the time and do whatever. Let's just see what you guys can say, right? So yeah. we had so much damn fun with it. We're like, oh, we got to do a podcast now. Yeah. Like, this is just fun. Just <laughs> yeah. spewing it all out and just getting your the words you want to say that you can't say in a damn twi- tweet, right? Mm-hmm. Let's get it yeah, out exactly. fully. And it's the same thing. And now we watch you guys. We're like, holy crap, this stuff's fun. And it's like, it's cool to get it out and then also talk with fans and interact. And then, like you said, Definitely. hearing all the other fan base and how strongly they do care, right, about yeah. the Bucks, and, and we're losing. Yeah. And, like, people have, yep. like, riffraffs and they get pissed off at each other because, oh, I know what's better. We all just want to win at the end of the day. Like, I, like I, the riffraff of uh, – who was a stick carrier and who was not? Yeah, I was like, right. I, at first, I was like, yeah, this is dumb. And then I was realizing it's no, it's just guys just wanting to say that the Bucks will do better because they're carrying a big stick and yeah. blah blah blah. Like, well, but, it's passion. It's, yeah. it's passionate fans coming together, and that's what was such a positive thing about it. Yeah, and it's at the end of the day, it's just everyone trying to unite to be one thing. Yeah, yeah. People were identifying as one or another, but. It shouldn't be that way. We're all just genuine fans that really want to get our opinions out mm-hmm. and voice about the team we love to talk about, right? Well, and that's and that's why I love the fact that you know so many other people are starting other podcasts because you know it started where it was just Derek Fournier at What the Buck for years and years and years, yeah. um, and then as the more of us have come out of the woodwork, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It seems like the, the the fan base has gotten louder and more passionate. I feel like that there's. There's not a coincidence there, so to speak. And, you know, I, since I, since starting this channel and going full Buccaneers, I've seen how uh, how great it's been just talking Bucks football with other fans. Because especially living out of state, I tell people I'm a Bucks fan, and they're like, why? <laughs> um, and, but when, you know, when I have a Shit. Bucks channel and I find that community of Bucks people to finally talk Bucks football to, I mean, it's just, it's addictive. So it's like, man. Uh, I know you guys have probably found the same thing. Just you talk about what you love, you find other people who share those interests, and it's just hard to give up. Hell yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, me and Mark. I mean, we uh, grew up in the same neighborhood, and uh, we just happened to be both Bucks fans. And then, you know, our friendship kind of grew from there. And now we've been talking about Bucks, and then, you know, we we decided, hey, let's make a website. Um, and then, you know, we got into, uh, this podcast thing now and it's just, it's awesome to see where it is, but also knowing that it can grow into something even bigger, but it's also, like you said, just talk with as many people as we can. And that's about the Buccaneers and hoping to see a winner one day. Yeah. I mean, it's really going to make it all worth it if, and when this team finally gets their ass together. Yeah. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Yeah. I mean, yep. Yeah, with that said, I mean, should we dive in? Actually, one more question. <laughs> oh, one more. One more. Okay. Since it's Super Bowl weekend, real quick, who do, you, who do you got? Give me a reason why, and then we'll jump into Bucks. You know, okay, so I have I have a confession to make. Um, I, with that so said, I, I guarantee you're going Brady. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, uh, well, here, let me just say it. I'm from Atlanta. I live in Atlanta. My dad's a huge Falcons fan. My wife's a huge Falcons fan. 
the Falcons have actually been my second favorite team since the 90s, before we were in the same division together. Um, I, so actually, the Falcons hold a special place in my heart, which I know is going to really offend a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I have close personal ties. I remember rooting for them in 98 when they were in the Super Bowl. So. 30 birds, baby. Okay, keep going. Yeah, so I was rooting for them in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago as if they were on my own team. And when they lost to the Patriots in such a heartbreaking way, I felt almost as if it was the Bucks. Like, I was really heartbroken for my, for my wife, who was her, she was shattered by that game. And I know what it's like to be an Atlanta sports fan because I'm a Braves fan, and they've gotten kicked out of the playoffs, you know, you know 14 straight division titles, only one World Series to show for it. Uh, I know what it's like to be an Atlanta sports fan, so I was rooting for the city. And once that happened, the thought of the Patriots winning in Atlanta is just like the worst thing that could happen to the city, uh, aside from maybe the Saints winning in their dome, uh, since they're like the biggest rival of the Falcons. <laughs> and all that said, I think the Patriots are going to win. Ouch. <laughs> because I think that just would be so an Atlanta thing. Um, the the team is probably the, the second. That's like it, it. You have no idea the mentality. It's almost like Brown fan mentality up uh, here, where they just think the worst thing that can happen, that's going to happen. Oh, uh, um, all. Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, we almost have that attitude in Tampa now that I think about it. But with kickers, um, with kickers, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, that aside, I really, it, aside from just it being the worst possible thing, it's. Also a matter of Belichick and Brady experience, and you have a head coach in Los Angeles who's younger than me, uh, and Jared Goff, who, you know, he's done great, but he's so young, and it's just, you can't see this young of a team toppling the Patriots. Now, I know that the Eagles did last year with Nick Foles um, and Doug Peterson, so there's that. It's just... It's hard to bet against the Patriots and all their experience. And I really think the Rams are a better team, but it's just, it's difficult. Yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of sense, uh, Corey. I, I think you look at the Patriots, I mean, their ability to adapt to any situation, ma- making them the chameleon of the league pretty much, and whoever they face, they, they know how to counteract it and attack people's weaknesses. Um, and I think yeah. that, that definitely gives them advantage uh, in Sunday. But, you know, well, I'm hoping for a great game. I think it will be. Uh, I think these two teams are, are pretty even. Uh, I do agree the Rams have maybe a little bit more talent. But, you know, the Patriots, just because they are who they are, I mean, they're gonna. it's going to be a close game, I feel. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the Patriots have the edge just based on Brady and, and uh, Belichick. Yeah, I, I agree. They, uh, like, I respect Tom Brady. I was laughing during the Kansas City game like, Brady has this. Like, it's not even close. Like, everyone's worried. I'm like, no, he already has it. Like, you gave him the yeah. opportunity, he's got it. But, I mean, to me, it's like right, the defense wins championships. You got a defensive tackle that got over 20 sacks. It's insane to me. I just I couldn't believe he had 20 and a half sacks from the defensive tackle position. Right. Broke, broke the record. That's crazy. But then, then Dominic and Sue's next to him. You have Dante yep. Fowler, or not Dante. Yeah, Dante Fowler on the other side. Like, just get. Disrupt it. I mean, and then they, all they have is Gronk and the receiving. Yeah, Edelman's there, but even Tony Romo yeah. said it. He's like, literally, just they have Gronk. It's about it. And if they can't, they're just going over the cross the middle with Edelman. 
Like, so mm-hmm. it's like, oh, just guys, step well, up, please. Like, I'm, everyone's and, rooting against them. You know that. Yeah, of course. Well, and and you know, we mentioned Murphy's Law earlier. It seems like the Patriots have just been anti Murphy's Law. I mean, just think about all the close games and all the so things right. that had to have gone right for them to win all these games that they've won in the past. And even just you know, the AFC Championship game, one random schmo lining up offsides negated <laughs> the penalty or negated the interception that would have sent them home. And it's like, what? If, it, if that was the Bucks, it would have been the Bucks lining up offside. Yeah. You know, it's just like one yeah. of those things where nothing goes right for Tampa on the opposite side. Everything seems to go right, not just for the Patriots, but the city of Boston. And it's infuriating. God, you're so right about that. Yeah, yeah. Or how did that ball not touch Edelman's hand on the return? Like everyone, oh yeah, yeah. That, that's a touchdown. Yeah. And then you go back, and it did every angle showed perfectly that it didn't touch him. <laughs> yeah. Like how's it pop well, perfect you, that it's not? It gets overturned perfectly. Like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> and you think about you know the the Falcons comeback. Like the Falcons had to like had to try to lose that game in order to lose that game, and it just everything fell into place. Uh, the Patriots winning the coin tosses in overtime, both Super Bowl, both the Ace of the Championship game. Like, you know, the whole Marshawn Lynch not running, them throwing a pick, Malcolm Butler. Just just everybody makes the bonehead decision at the, at the worst moment, and then the, the ball always bounces their way. And it's, I'm, ready, I'm ready for it to be over. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but with that said, let's, uh, let's dive into the team that we know best, and that is the Buccaneers. So uh, I think Mark had some questions. Yeah, just it, so started. starting with our Bucks, the new coaching yeah, staff. How, how do you, good? <laughs> the new coaching staff. How do you feel about it? What do you think they're going to do? What, what do you think they're going to bring? Just your opinion of what they what they bring to the Buccaneers team. Uh, man, you know i I had the thought uh, towards the end of the season that I, I think I might just pull back on my hype. Um, for for the coming off season, just because they always bring me up just to knock me down, uh, and it was wearing on me. And then lo and behold, we we hire the one coach that can bring my hype back, and uh, Bruce Arians is definitely that. And this goes back to I, I watched All or Nothing when it first came out for the Cardinals, and immediately I became a huge like supporter of the Cardinals, not a fan, but like I wanted them to do well because of obviously the personalities on team, but mostly because of Arians. I mean, just seeing how he led that team and the gusto that he brought and a personality, I just, his leadership, everything was just like, that is a leader of men. And I was very jealous that they had Arians. And so I've been a huge fan of his, Ever since then, and then the fact that he's now our coach, I'm I'm all in. I'm all in, and I you know even if it falls apart, like I right now just looking at our previous coaches, and, and a lot of them had personality issues. I mean, you can even go back to Gruden, where he kind of you know his he had had a little bit of arrogance that he drove players and personnel uh, or uh, front front office personnel out of the organization. You had. Raheem Morris, where he wanted to be everybody's best friend. You had Greg Chiano, who was a huge dictator and just a big jerk. Mm-hmm. You had Lovey, who was super arrogant about things and refused to change his ways. And then you had Cutter, who also showed a little bit of arrogance. And I think that got in, in his way. And, and the nepotism and loyalty he showed to his coaches. But now we have Bruce Arians, who is going to, you know, he's going to cut a player for parking in the wrong parking spot. 
Like, that's the kind of accountability we need. And also, he carries with him the clout, and the he's backed it up in the past. And the players know that. So they already probably have, res- have respect for him. And the ones that don't will be out of here. And I feel like that's what this team has desperately needed for years. So, you know what? If Bruce can't bring his team back, I just don't know who can because I really think he is the right coach at the right time for us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Bruce is is definitely the right hire. I think he was, like like you said, I mean, he was the one coach that I think could bring all the hype back for the Bucks fan base. And once he became available and he we saw that tweet from Ian Rappaport about him showing interest in the Bucks, you know, I would listen to Jason if he called. I mean, that just everyone kind of knew that Bruce was going to be the main target going forward from that, that point. And then once he got yeah. the interview on, on Saturday, I believe it was uh, later that week, I mean, all Bucks fans were just going crazy. And I think uh, we can all agree that this is the guy that if, if anyone can turn this franchise around, it has to be him because he has, like you said, he's a leader of men. He's that guy that's going to make sure everyone's accountable and making sure guys are doing their job. And that's something that has not been happening around here for a long time. And there's going to be no favorites. There's going to be no this, no that. It's going to be the best players on the field at all times. And that's something that is desperately needed. Yeah. And jumping off what you said, 66 and sexy, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got the personality. You got a guy that knows what the hell he wants to do. Yeah. A guy that's proven track record this isn't like shiano raheem this isn't cutter who's never been a head coach in the nfl this is a guy who's done it who's learned from the best and actually gotten so much better and actually been able to improve teams that were had no one on a roster and make them better and he himself said this roster is loaded yeah. i'm not about reload or what is it i'm not about reloading or no i'm not about rebuilding not build, i'm about reloading yeah, yeah. which is awesome mm-hmm. and the way he talks and literally he grabs the room like same thing with the, the even the what was the show on youtube uh a uh, bucks life uh, football it, life on bucks life <laughs> football life <laughs> that's just he grabs you right yeah. like it's yep. it's not like during a damn press conference he's getting pissed off and being one way no he's he's happy go lucky but if he needs to get hard he gets hard he gets in your face mm-hmm. but it's all for a good reason it's not like he's just blowing up in your face because he's just pissed that's that's a total wrong way to be a leader of men, like you said. But yep. with that said, and it's not just him. He brought all these coaches, which you, were some of the names that, that Cutter brought in. You're like, who's that? Mm-hmm. Like, you had to look up who, uh, uh, what's his damn name? Uh, offensive coordinator who just left. Uh, Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin. You had to look him up. You're like, where did he come from? I, so it's like, you know damn near everyone that he has on his staff. Mm-hmm. And he's been with them forever. Yeah. And continuity and... They all speak the same voice. This is exactly what the Bucks needed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it was possible. And then now, now it is. It's the excitement's coming back, like you said. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it was kind of a perfect storm too. And, and I'm trying not to get my hopes up here, but you know, we talked about things going wrong for us. But just the fact, I mean, even Bruce mentioned it in his interviews. Like it just so happened that his almost his whole staff became available at the same time. Like Todd Bowles getting fired uh, was huge. And the fact that we now are able to have a defensive coordinator that is going to be leaps and bounds better than Mike Smith should be at least. Um, and no, no, he will. You know, <laughs> the other, yeah, the other coordinators and coaches that he brings along with them that have 
like they in and of themselves have a lot of respect within the league. And I think that's huge for us as well. Exactly. Yeah. And how about like just you look around the league and you see these, you know, these personalities, these media guys, um, you know, former players, former coaches, they all talk about Bruce Arians like very highly. And we just you didn't have that with Dirk Cutter. Like this is a guy that, like we said, has a proven track record and people know what he's accomplished and know how successful he can be. I mean, what do you say to that? Just people talking so highly of him. I mean, that's got to feel good as a Bucks fan, knowing we finally got a coach that demands respect around everywhere. Yeah, for sure. And uh, a big thing, and I've said this before, being being out of state, being in a rival city, you can really gauge, you know, uh, it, it's good to gauge responses from the rival team based on the moves that your, your team made. So, like, when we hired Shiano, I was getting laughed at. Um, <laughs> When we hired uh, Lovey Smith, it was kind of like, yeah, okay, he's kind of washed up, and they were right, you know. And then we ha- we hired Dirk Cutter, and they're like, enjoy our coordinator that we fired, and oh, hey, enjoy our head coach that we just fired because he was incompetent. Like there was a lot of <laughs> eye rolling and didn't take us seriously. And then we make the hi- Arians hire, and then suddenly these Falcon fans are like, man, that was a good hire. They're like, man, congratulations, like mm. that's. I'm actually kind of worried now. Like they're saying those kinds of things. Now I hope that they got humbled a little bit by their most recent season, but like they, it's a different reaction I'm feeling from the rival fans. And I think that's a, that's a good sign that, Hey, we actually might become respectable again. Wait, one point I want to make about that, which I think is hilarious. When Bruce Arians was getting the interview with us, I was all over Twitter looking around. People were so pissed like, why would he go to the Bucs? They suck. <laughs> Packers yeah. fans, how is he not going to interview the Packers? It's an obvious choice. I'm like, are you shitting me? He just said <laughs> there's a reason. Jason Light calls. I'm going to go it's familiarity, familiarity yes. and continuity and just stuff that you build relationships, like he said, in football. Yeah. He missed it that much. It's just that was awesome to me, the fact that. And Other like, teams that were good, they're like, "There's no. Why would you go there?" Thank God. <laughs> and let's not forget. I mean, he's coming to beautiful Tampa, Florida, where there's golf courses, there's beaches, yeah, retirement, yeah. There's <laughs> no income taxes, so there's a lot of good it, things. It's the Arizona of the East Coast, exactly. Yeah, so it was a it was a perfect match, and uh, and I wanted to follow up with you on that, Corey, talking about Atlanta fans. Um, what's the reaction to Dirk Cutter now being back as we see? <laughs> You know, uh, it's funny you asked that. They are actually pretty excited about it, just considering coming off the. They were coming off of Steve Sarkeesian. Um, I think a big issue with Matt Ryan is he always struggles with a coordinator the first year, and the fact that they're bringing back somebody he's already worked with. They're actually really hopeful that uh, that he can write the ship with with Matt Ryan. So, I, I think again they've been humbled a little bit, so they're they're now looking for hope, like we always do every off season. Um, so. Uh, they're they're definitely not sad about it. I'll put it that way. Did you tell them the only game he called they scored three points in? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I try to bring those things up, but they just laugh and shake their heads. I, I will say that you're just a Bucks fan, do, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, get, get out of here. You're beneath us. Um, <laughs> they no, they uh, they have been humbled, and they are actually really concerned um, about. The fact that Dan Quinn has fired defensive coordinator and he's just taken on play calling duties himself. Like, we've heard that before from our own coaches. Um, and it's usually a sign of, oh, crap's hitting the fan here. I need to take control or I'm going to get fired. So there's desperation 
uh, I think, is, is a good word for how they're feeling. But I actually, I honestly think they'll be fine. I think uh, last year was anomalous for them, and I, they they had a lot of in- injuries. I think they're actually too hard on themselves this year. But, again, uh, I'm lo- probably losing uh, Bucks fans by talking good about the Falcons, so I'll shut up. <laughs> Yeah, let, let's get back into the Bucks. Uh, let's let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the roster. As you see this current roster stand right now, I mean, what is your your main priorities in, in fixing this team going forward? Yeah, we're gonna call this the "What would you do?" This is the off season of like, what would the play reaction do? What would you, as Corey of the play reaction, do for this Bucks roster on this off, off yeah off season and free agency and draft? But we'll start free agency first. Where's your big yeah. spot of weakness that we need to fix? Yeah, uh, I, I definitely don't have specifics just because I think it's still too early to get the landscape of everything. Um, the current coaches are currently reviewing tape of our current players, and we don't know how they feel about who and how they feel like they're going to fit their scheme. So it's really difficult. Um, and it's also, this is kind of like, I hate this kind of question because it's like, you know, I don't know if you've ever gotten the question before, like, what's the first thing you would do if you were elected president? My answer is always, I'll resign, um, <laughs> because I don't, I don't want to be in that position. Like I don't, I don't, I don't want to be GM of this team because it's a really tough freaking job, and I, I don't pretend to know football better than these guys. But I will say, um, it's clear that offensive line needs to be a priority. Um, it's clear that secondary needs to be a priority, and it's clear that running back is a need. I don't know if it's a priority. Um, I do tend to think that addressing offensive line will be taking us 80% of the way there as far as the running game, maybe more. So um, the issue is it's not a whole lot to choose from, it looks like, free agency-wise when it comes to offensive linemen. Um, I know that like Mikey Upati might be available, and he's a you know, former Arizona guy, so maybe we would go that way. I do think it would behoove us to sign a veteran to that position because throwing Caleb Ben no block out there or, I mean, even Evan Smith, if we were to get him back, I mean, that's just, that, that's a hole and it needs to be filled and we need somebody competent there. And if somebody's competent there, combine that with, you know, who is hopefully a better offensive line coach than George Warhop and a better offensive scheme that we may actually be okay if we, just sign some veterans and then build maybe uh, through the draft for the first round draft pick or uh, first couple rounds. But uh, offensive line is priority number one for me. Yeah, I I think we can all agree with that. I think the offense line we saw last year was definitely not uh, the answer. I mean, it's, it definitely needs to be better. We all, we all agree that Benadoc is definitely uh, below par. I mean, that's probably too nice, but he's definitely below yeah. average. And uh, yeah, so there's definitely upgrades there that that need to be addressed. And then, you know, looking at um, looking at like our own guys, like our free agents that are coming up. You look at like Quan Alexander, Donovan Smith, uh, Adam Humphreys. Um, what kind of direction would you go with those guys? Are you hoping all three return, or or it just depends on as far as you know what you can get contract wise? So this is why I wouldn't be a good GM. Uh, I feel like my heart would get in the way. I I, <laughs> I love Quan and, and Hump uh, just too much to, to want to see them go anywhere else. Uh, I do think, it, you know, gun to my head that Hump is disposable, disposable, so to speak, if I want to be crass about it. But, like, 
both he and Quan are glue guys. They're locker room guys. I mean, uh, you talk about Humphreys. He has been Jameis's security blanket for years. And I don't know if you guys remember, I don't know if it was after Jameis's first year and he kind of called out the locker room and he said, there are some guys who just don't care about losing in this locker room. And he called out Humphrey specifically and he's like, Adam Humphreys is one of those guys who hates losing. And that would, I feel like that's the, that, that said volumes to me um, about who Humphreys is and how dependable he is and how I feel like Jameis might take it if we were to let him go. Not to say he's not replaceable and we couldn't find guys like Humphreys. Um, it's just one of those things like, do you really want to get rid of guys that are like that? I mean, culture. When you think about culture and you think about, um, you, you want to fill a team with guys who hate to lose, you know, even if they are uh, on the lower tier talent-wise. And then, I mean, that goes with Quan Alexander, too, where, you know, obviously it's going to depend on scheme. And if we do a 3-4 base or whatever we end up doing, Quan means a whole lot more to this team off the field than he does on the field. At least that's what I, I'm gathering, that he is, you know, he's a captain. He's the heart and soul of this team. This team was crushed when he got injured, and he gives it his all. And it's like, do you really want to get rid of that kind of personality in your locker room? So I would want to hold on to both of those guys. Um, now, when it comes to issues like, say, like Donovan Smith, um, where I think we're on his – we could let him go after this year, right? Isn't his contract up? Like it's a fifth-year option kind of deal? Uh, he's an unrestricted free agent. Okay. So – Donovan Smith is he, – uh, he kind of lost my respect uh, for kind of the same reasons, where it's clear that he – it seems like he, he cashes it in. He nails it in, and he hasn't been consistent for four years. And even though we have nobody behind him, I wonder if it's better just letting him go, saving that money, getting a veteran in there to plug in and, and wait until we can get a young guy back in there. Um, because he's going to require a lot of money, and he, I don't think he's going to be worth that. If we franchise tag him, which I think we might, I think I'm okay with it, and just see how he does under the new coaching staff, especially with Bruce Arians breathing down his neck. I mean, if he pulls that stunt like he did, calling for a flag and letting Jameis get killed, um, I feel like he would hear about it, and I don't know if he heard about it when he did that. So... There's still some hope there with him, but um, that one that one's a little stickier. And honestly, he's he's not dead to me yet, but he's almost there. Like I could kind of take him or leave him. I'm I'm kind of that that one play of the calling to the flag. That like it's hard for me to get over it, and it's it's indicative of how inconsistent he's been. No, um, I'll agree with that. I mean, I I just look at it this way as well. It's like Donald Penn. Everyone wasn't the biggest fan of, but he was a serviceable. Good left tackle. And we let him go, and everyone's like, holy crap, there's a hole on the left side. <laughs> so, I mean, Donovan yeah. Smith, he's average. He's not great whatsoever, but he's not Caleb Beninock. He's a, an average, if not a little bit better. He just sucks against the real pure speed pass rushers. He's well, not really good Caleb builders. Beninock is not the bar you're setting. No, no, no. no. Hell no. <laughs> Question, did you make – Did you? is that yours, Caleb Ben-No-Block? <laughs> 
I think so. If not, I, I that's might have awesome. heard it and then subconsciously made it mine. But, that's awesome. Yeah. I've never heard that. But I'm, yeah. I'm sure somebody else has said it out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a first for me, so I'm giving all credit to you. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> but uh, with that said, so you're telling me who you're keeping, Hump and Quan, getting rid of Donovan. Who are you getting rid of then? Not just restricted free agents. Who's on the roster that you would get rid of? Um, you know, it pains me to say it, but it seems like Gerald's ship has sailed. Um, and I honestly, you know, I was talking about glue guys, locker room guys. I don't know how much he means to this locker room. And it's kind of been a question mark. I've gone both ways there. Cause I mean, Gerald is such an awesome, amazing, nice guy. The opposite of Warren Sapp, uh, in a good way. I, uh, it's just one of those things where, I don't know if his teammates take him seriously anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's all, you know, guessing at, at this point. We don't know what it's like behind the scenes. But the writing seems to be on the wall. It's a huge contract. It would free up a bunch of money. Uh, it seems to make too much sense not to just let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it depends on Vea's growth. It depends on if we bring in another big guy in the draft, uh, like at Oliver or something. But... Um, I, I could totally see a situation where we just let him go find test free agency and, and hop on with hopefully a winning team because um, I want to see him succeed. Um, and then, you know, there's guys like D-Jax, you know, let's get him out of here. Brent Grimes, he's gone. Uh, I think those are the easy ones. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, your point on Jeremy McCoy, I think it's – I think you would agree to this. It seems like his words are just going in one year and out the other. It seems like his message is just kind of being lost now. It seems like it's just been repeated over and over. I mean, he's been here since 2010, and he's been kind of the constant here for, you know, the losing seasons. And you wonder why that is, but, you know, he didn't really – I mean, he had some success at Oklahoma, but, you know, him being a winner here in the NFL just hasn't transpired. It seems like – doesn't really know how to rally guys to to get behind him and and work and figure things out it just seems like he lets things go bad and if they're bad they stay bad well and i I, you know i don't want to put too much on his shoulders um he i mean he was set up to fail when he came in here because he was the only superstar when he came in and therefore all the weight was you know put on him to be the face of the franchise right and he could never really truly embrace it because that's just not his personality he's just a happy-go-lucky nice guy and i i don't blame him for it i know people always wanted him to be warren sap which is another way in which he was set up for failure mm-hmm. um and he 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 had a great career here like we shouldn't undervalue what he what he's done here i mean he he has been a monster on this line but it's now gotten to the point where he's kind of out of excuses i mean this should have been his year to thrive right with jpp on he finally got a double-digit sacker on the line with him and he didn't look great. Um, so I don't know if that's age or if it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, it's just not – it's just he's not who we thought he could be. I, I don't know. Uh, those all will be question marks. I, again, I would love to see him thrive, but I wouldn't mind it if it's somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to those points, I'm one that – I don't know if you've listened. I'm one that says he, – he keeps saying, oh, I don't give a crap what the fans think. I mean, this – your job, your your salary is paid by the fans. Yeah, the, the Glazers pay you, but they're getting money, income from us fans. For you to say you don't give a crap what we think every year for the past three or four years, whatever you've been saying because we're losing, that's crap. I mean, yeah, you're a church-loving man. You God 
Savior. I mean, I'm right there with you, but still, you got to you got to understand that this is you're a show. People yeah. are coming to watch you, and for you to say all you care about is the people in the locker room and you don't give a crap what the fans think. Yeah, you better think care about what the fans think. They want to win. You want to win too. Just see it how we see it. Yeah, every fan wants to win. There's one end game. You're not putting it on the field. Yeah, it was coaching a lot of the times, but to me, to me, I, I'm in the middle. I I can see him going because of that contract that you're saying, but also I can see him thriving in here because this defense is an all-out go. Just attack, do what you do best, and he can mm. jump one gap tremendously. And he, he yeah. can be used in that way. And Vita Vea can help him get guys off of him. JPP can help him. Nassib can help him. Like, all these guys going downhill would be nasty. But, again, it's where's his head at? Because I, I don't like the dramatized little things of, oh, it's just a rainy day. Like, I don't know if it's just him just being that way or if he really means this. So, well, I, yeah. time will tell, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, winning really changes everything. Um, if he was saying that stuff and we were a winning football team, I don't think anybody would care. I mean, imagine, I'm sure Warren Sapp has said it before. I don't care what the fans think. Well, but we love Warren. You know why? Because he was a Hall of Famer on a Hall of Fame defense. Yeah. Um, you know, but Gerald, unfortunately, has been. Man. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gerald, unfortunately, has been the face of a losing franchise. And I think that carries a lot of baggage with it. So, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say Gerald has to care about the fans. Uh, I will say it is, I agree with you, it's a bad look for him to say it when we have been beaten down so much by his play, you know, not just his play, but his team's play. So PR-wise, I agree that that's not something he should say. I, I don't know if he should or should not care about the fans. I actually, on the hierarchy of things, I would rather him care about the team more and care about his coaches more and care about his family more and all that stuff oh, before course. he cares about family. the fans. But at the same time, you know, that's not going to win you <laughs> any favors in Tampa. Um, and it's just a bad PR look. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. Mm. I mean, it's just, um, to me, it's like don't bite the hand that feeds you kind of thing. Like the, you're you're the spotlight, sure. you're the franchise player, and you're telling me you don't give a shit about the fans. Like that that, that to me is like okay, guy. Like mm-hmm. then get your face off the side of the wall, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, well, and that also hit a nerve. <laughs> yeah, I, and uh, on top of that, uh, he has shown that he does care by you know responding to Twitter uh, rants and responding to and blocking people and all that stuff. It's like okay. You say one thing, but you clearly don't mean it. And I think that's kind of what gets under my skin about it. Yeah, it's probably media getting under his skin, too. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. True. All right, so then with that said, you mentioned Ed Oliver and draft. I know you hate being GM, but <laughs> Mr. GM Corey, for the fifth pick in the draft, what do you do? Do you stay? Do you dra- trade? Do you take a certain guy that's there? What is your – I know you said offensive line is your – your weakness and biggest thing you fix, but what is your option? What are you doing? Yeah, so I am finding that no matter the year, I'm always wanting to trade down, so I don't know what that is about me. I think I just get greedy with uh, draft picks, um, and no pun intended there uh, with Greedy Williams. I know a lot of people like him, <laughs> but, uh, I uh, yeah, I, I think if we were to stand pat at um, – at five, I think Jonah, Jonah Williams is a great pick. I mean, and Alabama comes from a great crop, and uh, I would be just fine with um, getting Jonah and throwing him out there 
and that is uh, a huge boost. And also, it's a young, cheap player to put on this line. So, and you know, potential to obviously be a great player. Uh, so that that would be my pick. Um, I. I, I haven't reviewed tape a whole lot, and I haven't really looked into these guys just because, again, it's still so early. Um, and basing, I'm more basing off of what other people are saying. Uh, it is interesting, the prospect of going after Ed Oliver, especially if we get rid of Gerald. Um, pairing him up with Vea is interesting. Obviously, it always depends on scheme, what we do there. Um, and then, obviously, I'd like Greedy, too. So... I don't know. I, I, being at five, we're in a great spot because I feel like I'm going to be okay with whoever we take, unless it's like a quarterback or something, which I don't think we're going to do. So um, I, uh, that, I'm never going to root for us to lose, and I, I've been adamant about that on Twitter. But when you, do, when you do have a top five pick, you are just in such a great spot. And uh, I, I would definitely go online there if he's available to us. Yeah, I mean, that's music to my ears. I love Jonah Williams. Uh, I've been on his bandwagon since last year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we are, in a, we are in a great spot. I think you can get, you know, Jonah, you could get Annette Oliver, Greedy Williams could be an option. Um, trading down uh, definitely could be very attractive, especially with these quarterback needy teams and their willingness to, uh, you know, move up and give us a lot of picks. So, yeah, I think we have a lot of options there. And I think, you know, Basically, depending on who you let go, if, if Jeremy McCoy and Donovan Smith are gone, then obviously you have a you have a big decision there. Do you go Jonah Williams or Ed Oliver, and or do you right. you know you take one of them, and then in the next round you go whoever you didn't pick, you know, offense line or defense line. So, yeah, I mean it, that's what makes this offseason so much fun. It's going to be a lot a lot of interesting moving parts that are going to be happening, and really seeing how Arians feels about this current roster. I mean, we're going to see that right away. I feel. And then, um, you know, seeing who he likes as far as personnel is going to be very exciting. Yeah, I agree with both of y'all. Like, number five is a great spot. Like, before we got even got on this, I was like, at five, I honestly, I trade down unless there's someone they really, really love on there. Mm-hmm. Like Ed Oliver. Or if they really do love Jonah Williams that much, go ahead and do it if, if that's your guy. Yeah. Right? Like, Quentin Nelson was their guy, supposedly. And or Saquon was number one, but Nelson was their guy, mm-hmm. and he fell. And whoop, we get Vitavea. Trade down, get more picks. I'm just like you. I I want more. It's not one player is not going to fix the whole damn team. So you want more depth all across the board. But the thing is, it, go ahead. Well, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, what I, what I love about our pick, just real quick, is that we are the first team right before a team that needs a quarterback. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, the fact that we could probably trade with Jacksonville or maybe if New York hears something about Jacksonville wanting to trade up and they try to jump ahead of them, like we could be in a great position just for a team that needs a quarterback. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. yeah they, they were saying the Raiders and us are two teams that are just salivating at teams wanting to jump over Another team yeah. just to get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, like, that makes me smile. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. unless they truly do want a guy or someone jumps over us and goes to Oakland mm-hmm. and, like, Oliver's there because of a quarterback or the guy they really want is there, I would either take that guy or go down. And there's still mm-hmm. – after to me, like, you love – plus love is Jonah Williams. Yeah. I'm of the nature that he's – 
he's not going to get that much better. He's good right now, but I don't know if he's going to get that much better. Um, just, but we do need left tackle bad. Mm-hmm. It's just Ed Oliver to me is a guy that can be insane. He's not shown everything he can be yet, and the amount of explosion he has off the ball is crazy. But moving down, picking up more picks, like we said, it's not just one guy we need. And we do need a running back, you were saying, O-line, secondary. There's a lot of areas Mm -hmm. that we need. So I wouldn't be opposed to going down. And like you said, Greedy could still be there. Byron Murphy could still be there. Buda Baker will probably be there. Oh, no, Buda Baker. uh, Baker. uh, DeAndre. DeAndre Baker Baker from Georgia. There's a whole lot of options. And, like, my mind just starts going crazy on all these other guys. And we, we do need a running back that can catch a ball. I'm so adamant on that. (laughs) <laughs> and these mock drafts that have us getting Josh, Josh Jacobs, Josh Jacobs at high at number five. I'm like, no, oh. yeah, do no. do not. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, trade if you trade down. I wouldn't even. Someone said at ten, get him. I still think that's way too high yeah. for guys not proven. Yeah, no, I think you know with the draft and the draft is crazy. Like, there's a lot of things that could definitely happen. Like. Uh, you look at the top projected guys like Nick Boza, Quinton Williams, Josh Allen, any of those guys could be available at five. You just never know. Uh, even yeah. like, uh, and you know what? The Bucks could be targeting uh, uh, Cleveland Farrell from Clemson. I mean, that could be a target. There's so many guys. Oh, sorry, Mark. Uh, I hit the mic. Um, there's so many options. There's so many options out there that could be available. But the good thing is the Bucks are like right smack in the middle that it could be. You know, it could be great for them because they could have the the pick of their litter pretty much. Yeah, uh, one question I have for you guys, uh, just assuming that you've done a little bit more research into this than I have, um, is there a certain position of need that we have, whether it's O-line or D-line or linebacker or secondary, running back, is there one of those positions that you feel like is deep in this draft? Because I've heard just in general this is not, as far as overall talent, this is not a very deep draft. Specifically for O-line. Yeah, to me, the guards, there's like none. There's maybe three or four that are good. Worthy of a first-round pick, maybe two. But that's And then after that, those two, the drop-off is far off, like off yeah. the, a ledge. Mm-hmm. Like the tackles, a lot of people were saying, what, you said there was like 10 worth of the top 20? No, not 10. What would, what would you say? <laughs> I would say there's about four. Worthy of first yeah. round grade. To me, there's there's maybe yeah four with the first round grade. Yeah. But I mean, it's sad. Like the, what our need is O line, and after Jordan Williams, I mean the best guy to me is Dalton Risner, who's yeah. a right tackle, or Reisner, who's a right tackle. So it's kind of hard to transition one guy from yeah, one side to the other. It's very top heavy offensive line. I mean that's why I feel like the Bucks definitely need to target that position in the first couple of rounds. Um, definitely the first three rounds. I think once you get after round three, I mean, the, the pickings get slim. Once you get into that day three, um, you know, fourth, fifth round, I mean, you might be able to find some sleepers. I mean, maybe like a Titus Howard from Alabama State or um, maybe a uh, the guy from Charlotte. He's I'm losing his name. Nate Davis. He's another guy that could be someone. But, yeah, I mean, it's definitely deeper 
on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, defensive line is very strong. Uh, I think that's where if you want to pass on it at Oliver, that's why, because there could be more defensive yeah. linemen in the second, third round. Um, you look at cornerback, safety. I think you can find some guys in day three that could be quality starters. Um, again, more of those guys in the secondary are more like versatile players or more nickel hybrid safety types, or you could find like, um, you know, some guys that just play man very well. And then there's some other guys that play zone better. Um, so there's really, you know, it's kind of, you know, what you want as far as your team goes. And then if you look at running back position, I don't think it's very deep. I look at the top five and I think that's it. And, you know, I look at Montgomery who I, who we love, uh, David Montgomery out of Iowa state, uh, Devin Singletary, who's, who I think is like Tariq Cohen, but maybe not as fast. Like that guy's just, he's an animal. Uh, but really there's, there's not much there um, as far as that position goes. Yeah. I mean, so I think, um, go ahead. well, sorry. Uh, just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm no GM, but I have won a fantasy football championship. So clearly nice. I'm qualified <laughs> to talk on these matters. Uh, I, one, one thing, one strategy I do implement uh, in my drafting is, uh, positional scarcity. Yes. So I, um, I, I honestly do think that could be a legitimate thing for, for the real draft because as you get, you have Absolutely. to take into account how deep certain positions are. And if you're saying it's top heavy on offensive line, then it's like, man, that's, that seals it for me. Let's go O line. I mean, because if you pass on a player and then it drops off a cliff, you're really setting yourself up for failure so uh mm-hmm. as as juicy as uh, like an ed oliver might be or greedy williams or, or whomever um is the defensive player du jour you got to look at that and be like you know what we just uh, how could we pass up on a cog player like an offensive lineman and not only is that a very very important position but when there's so few out there for this draft it's it's kind of a no-brainer yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at it and you look at the coaching staff that we just brought in, like they're going to be ready to win now. So really, you got to look at players that are going to have the biggest impact on your team right now for you to win. Right. And that's going to be very critical. You look at, you know, if we can bring in a left tackle, right guard or whatever that combo may be. Um, to amplify your offense line and you say, hey, if we have an offense line, we have a running game, we got Jameis Winston back again, um, we got the offensive weapons on the outside, that can take our offense to new heights. And will that be greater than saying getting a Ed Oliver on defense and that kind of impact he could have on defense? Would that lead to more wins? So you kind of have to balance that out and see which way is going to is going to project you more wins and, and finding the right players in the right spots. Yeah, and, and that and with that said, we talked about this with James from Mr. Buck Nation about our defense is going to be totally different. It's not going to be sitting back 10 yards. It's going to be more of attack and forcing the offense to make a decision. Our safeties to me is not a weakness. I mean, Justin Evans was an attacker in Texas A&M. Um, Jordan Whitehead was an attacker. These both those guys were guy thumpers. They were called guys that would carry a big stick, okay? They, they laid the wood. So these guys in our defense are always staying back. So they're not being used to their best of their ability. I think Todd Bowles is going to notice this and tell them, guys, play to what you do best. You guys play, fly to the ball. Another reason why I like Quan in this defense, he's a guy that just goes. He doesn't think about it. He just sees yeah. ball, he gets ball. So 
That's true. Guys like that will succeed. So really, do we know what we have on defense based on such shitty, piss-poor defensive play calling? Or is the offensive line that piss-poor that we need to fix it? And I think it is, yeah. The offensive line is holding back a superior offense. And yeah. the defense just needs to be shown what to do and how to attack better. And I, I agree with you with that offensive line pick based on scarcity. I, good I logic. Think, uh, yeah, well, I think that's a good point that you bring up, too. I mean, this is what is going to be the biggest question of the offseason is of the players we've seen and how they've performed and, and the units as a whole, how much of it was the players and how much of it was poor coaching. Because, you know, we had guys like Warhop who – you know, I hear grumblings all the time about how poorly his units have always done. Uh, you see uh, Mike Smith, who controlled an entire defense that held them back, and then Duffner comes in and has to run the same scheme, and then guys start dropping like flies with injuries. It's you just can't make a whole. People, uh, I've seen a lot of Bucks fans make grand sweeping statements on players like um, Vernon Hargraves, for instance where, you know, obviously people are calling him a bust and have been for a while now. But he has been in the fortunate situation where he's been a press coverage kind of guy in uh, a scheme that, that pulled him off the receivers and obviously struggled. And um, then when he got his second chance, he got injured. And then he comes back and then gets injured again. Mm. Um, and the big question for guys like him is like, okay, can he be the guy we drafted him to be, or has what he's shown us been who he is? And it's all down to how good was, like, did, did coaching get in the way of that? Mm. And I don't know if we can, we can all guess, but I don't know if we can know for sure until we start seeing the next season play out. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, those are great points. I mean, that's why we brought in this coaching staff, and, and we really don't know. You don't know what you're going to get from Vernon Hargraves. You don't know what you're going to get from a Noah Spence. Um, so yeah, you know, that's a good, another great example. Yeah, Noah Spence, you, guys like uh, MJ Stewart, Ronald Jones. I mean, we just really don't know what we have yet in those guys, and and now we'll finally see with this coaching staff of you know what they can bring to the table. Um, but well said. Um, again, we're we're getting on an hour now. I wanted to um, just wrap it up with this. A couple questions from the from the fans. Uh, let's start with Ryan Nix. Do you think Tampa will take one offensive lineman, one DB at some point in the draft? And have any of us seen the new Aquaman movie? <laughs> Ooh. Go ahead. Uh, yes, to the offensive lineman and, and DB, DB, I think that's just necessary. I think every draft should have at least one of each, right. uh, personally, um, at, at any point. I mean, whether it's early or late in the draft, I just think those are two positions you need a lot of depth at. Um, so yes, I hope so. And then, uh, no, I haven't seen the Aquaman movie and nor do I have any interest. Mr. Marvel, it, uh, though, or I don't, I, I'm not the best with that. It's DC. <laughs> yeah, it's DC. So yeah, I fudged up. It is, it is DC. And it's not that I am truly, you know, like Marvel, um, like I'm not purist. like a Marvel fanboy or anything. <laughs> yeah. A purist. It's just, man, I've seen enough DC movies to be like, man, that's going to be a CG show. Yep. and subpar acting and subpar storytelling, and I'm just not about it. Right. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it either, and uh, probably not going to. <laughs> but yes on O-line, yes on DB. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then final question from Tommy. Uh, do you think John Lynch uh, finally gets inducted this year into the Hall of Fame? Ooh. 
Man, I, I hope so. Um, this may be an unpopular opinion. I actually think Rondé deserves to go in before John Lynch, but uh, I think they both deserve it. I think we had an all-time great defense, and I think you don't have that kind of defense with just two Hall of Famers, honestly. I think you have one from the line, you have one from the linebackers, and at least one from the secondary, and I mm-hmm. think that tells the story of how good this defense was. So yeah. I don't I don't know if he'll make it. I think the guys he's up against, I mean, this year and next year, there are some other safeties that are, like next year's Troy Palmalu, I think. He's up for it, and I think he might be a first ballot. Uh, and who's he ever up against this? Is it Ed Reed? Who is it? He's uh... against Ed Reed. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, but to go off of that, I mean, I think it's going to be tough for John Lynch. I mean, just safeties in yeah. general, it's hard for, you know, to get in unless you have absurd numbers, um, which John Lynch had good numbers. But I, I kind of agree with you on Rondé Barber. I think he definitely deserves to go in uh, just based on the seasons he's had and the stats that he was able to accumulate. So, um but, yeah, I mean, both impressive players. I mean, they'll get in. I, I'm sure eventually both of them will be in there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I think yeah, that's but, – Yeah, but also about the Rondé, he's the only guy with the 2020 club, 20 right. sacks, 20 interceptions, like yeah. that's for a corner. That's, that's kind of elite company if you're the yeah. only man in that one group. Yeah, yep, I mean, definitely. But, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, John Lynch, I do I want him there? Hell, yeah. Uh, yeah, if he's going against Ed Reed, ouch. Mm-hmm. But – yeah, we we all hope he does as as Bucks purists. <laughs> but I mean, I guarantee he'll be in there eventually. But like you said, this year, ooh, yeah. But anyway, uh, Corey, again, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Before we let you go, uh, just talk a little bit about how we can find you on Twitter and social media and all that stuff. Uh, talk about a little bit on your channel, uh, what you got coming up. Uh, cool. Well, thanks again for having me on, guys. This is a lot of fun, man. Absolutely. Love talking Bucks football. Don't get a chance to do it very much up here in Atlanta, so this is why I do it. Um, I uh, So, yeah, my YouTube channel is The Play Reaction. I'm sure you could just look it up and subscribe if you would like to. Uh, I think I have some mildly, mildly entertaining, entertaining videos on there. Uh, I have a new video I just launched today which is actually something I did back when uh, I was a general NFL channel, and that was kind of a beginner's guide to the Super Bowl. Uh, it's just having fun and doing it really just glaze over this is what you need to know to go to your Super Bowl party, and it's really for the um, casual fans. So if you guys like it, share it around to, like, your girlfriends or, or boyfriends or whoever is not really into uh, football, and it might be helpful for them. Um, so I've got that up. That's probably going to be my last in-studio, like, green screen, high-produced video uh, for a while. I think I might go on a little bit of a hiatus since I'm going through uh, the move and house change and all that stuff. But uh, probably pick it back up around draft time and once things get picked up again. So definitely subscribe. You can find me on Twitter, at The Play Reaction. I'm also on Instagram, and I'm on and off from there if you want to look me up. But, uh, yeah, The Play Reaction. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I I will attest to this. Yeah, he is fun, entertaining, cool. Like everything's – it is cool to see you and the background going at the same time and you you looking around and stuff like that. It's cool. It's interactive. Uh, <laughs> the beard is great. If you haven't seen it, go look at it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I owe it all to the products. Damn it. I tried to grow one. It didn't work. I only got, I only got the goatee. I only got the mm. goatee. 
Yeah. You just gotta, you know, when you're laying uh, in bed at night, just like concentrate and push really hard. <laughs> Genius! I didn't think of that. <laughs> yep, this is that's what I've been doing since middle school. All right, buddy. That's awesome. But yeah, once again, Corey, thanks, thanks uh, so much for uh, joining us. It's always great talking Bucks football. Uh, we'll, try, I'll try to get you back on with us uh, on my other podcast, Buck What You Heard. Again, uh, that was fun times with cool. Gene. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, have a great night and, and enjoy the Super Bowl, and uh, we'll talk soon. That and yeah, you, you too, guys. And I got, I got to see you in an improv one day. That'd oh, be yeah. amazing to see. Let me know if you guys are ever up in Atlanta. I don't know if you guys ever travel for games or whatever. Let me know. Yeah, that's one thing we want to eventually do. So that will have to be done. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Corey. Well, other than that, you have a, an awesome night. It was nice officially meeting you. And Yes, definitely. And go Bucks. Yeah. Go Bucks. All right, see you. All right, guys. That's Corey from the Play Reaction. Yeah. That. And literally, when we do these call-ins and talk to them, this is like the first time we've actually met these guys. Mm-hmm. So you're meeting them just as much as we are, and that's why we like to get to know the person before we start to talk Bucks football. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cool thing. I think it's yeah. you're not just hearing the same repetitive crap over and over. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. good Bucks coaching staff, and yeah. we need to do this, we need to do that. No, like get to know your Bucks fans. Get well, to know who, who's discussing your bucks right yeah, and, it, and it makes sense on the improv thing like you you see his videos on the play reaction and you understand why like he's into comedy and stuff because he's very funny on his videos like and he was funny tonight on on the podcast with us i mean he's just very quick on it and he knows like he knows what to say so you can tell like okay he's into comedy he can do this like he can be somebody on an improv show hey, he's not tricked on the spot he knows yeah. what he wants to say yeah right and it's not like he has to think about it just go uh-huh that's cool, like on his toes kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, it, we're going to keep doing these things. I think it's fun. I think it's cool, especially in the off season when yeah. what is there to talk about besides getting to know your Bucks fans and about the coaching staff that we really don't know what they think about with this roster yet. Yeah, it's just having fun, casual conversation. And, you know, we talk some Bucks football along the way. and uh, But we also learn, you know, you learn some things. And so it was a fun episode tonight and uh, just – uh, glad to have him on, and we look forward to more guests as we get going here, more into the off season, and we'll have more. You know, once we get into the draft, free agency, all that stuff, we'll have more centric buck shows where it's more focused on certain things. But again, at the same time, it's nice to learn different things about these people, and that's how we we want to build relationships. And more that's... real bucks talk. Exactly, right? we're yeah. talking real stuff with bucks fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yep, there's a commercial right there. Um, But anyway, with that being said, uh, everyone have a great night. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at RealBucksTalk. Follow this podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play. Uh, Be sure to like, comment, and share. And again, thank you all so much. You guys have been awesome. And uh, we're just going to keep bringing it every day uh, as as we keep this going. We're just going to keep it rolling. (laughs) With that, go Bucks. Go Bucks. Yeah.